I am recording. Me too. Me too. Andrew's an orange boy. Yeah. Just an orange boy. Damn. He claimed a headache, but I think he might have finally executed on that haircut and... <laughs> Rest assured, all, all the hair is still connected to my skull. <laughs> are you dying man jesus christ no i just i just got a headache and i don't want to look at the screen ah there you don't have to look at shit on monday january 18th 2021 martin luther king jr day and also the day we are recording the 204th episode of the quarantine cast going on what's new what can we talk about 204 episodes crazy man every day it just strikes a little bit harder (laughs) i don't know i pitched the idea as a temporary show yeah while we were in quarantine now this will be a yeah. I remember Ryan said it. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. And then I was, I told someone about it. I don't remember who. And they said, oh, so like for the next like two or three weeks, you guys are going to be doing a, a recording every day. And I'm like, well, some people think this might be a little bit more serious. I mean, this could be maybe even two or three months. And yeah, then, that's what I was thinking. And then some, that person responded with, there's no fucking way. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, man. And like, I know it's kind of fringe, but I think this might be a while. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Like we could, we could be doing this almost until like June. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I, like in my office, people were taking bets on how long before we'd get back. And yeah, like people were like one week, two weeks. And then, like, one person was, like, three weeks, and they were all, like, whoa. And I was and I was the one sitting there, like, I think it's going to be a couple months. Yeah. And everyone was, like, you're crazy. <laughs> like, you're actually crazy. And, boy, that is, uh, I guess I was the closest without going over. And, boy, are we. Right yeah, we're crazy. We have been driven insane. Vindication! And, honestly, like, our office is now looking towards moving towards a hybrid work model we might never be back yeah. in the same way that we were like this might be a permanent like when i said two months i was close without going over but over would have been infinite amount of time because just never back in the office in the same sense especially now that so much money and time has been put into developing uh, work from home infrastructure at so many offices why totally ditch that for what a sense of normalcy this is normal now this is this is life it'll be much better people are definitely like oh my god i can't do work from home i have to get back in the office it'll be much better when we're allowed to like be out in public spaces and everything no i when you're allowed to work from a library or from a coffee shop or like actually change the scenery yeah then then people will realize the actual benefits from working from quote-unquote working from home or remote Mm -hmm. work i guess i should say um but yeah like for now people are just like oh my god oh my god oh my god this is the worst thing ever and it's like well yeah because you're working from your house yeah every single day 
in the exact same spot without really getting much time outdoors. Some people might not have had desks, uh, not just been set up in their home to work from home. And then also we're lucky where we're not dealing with kids constantly or partners that we are realizing we don't actually want to spend this much time with and stuff like that. <laughs> You're more of a uh, three-hour-a-day partner versus a 12-hour-a-day partner. <laughs> Hey, when I when I signed up for this, I thought it was going to be like an after 6.30 p.m. kind of deal. Like this is, hmm, <laughs> hmm. Can I start getting overtime even, in this relationship? And, yeah. and even then, like, you know, there'd be days where you'd get drinks with coworkers after work and mm-hmm. we wouldn't, <laughs> on like half the days, we wouldn't necessarily be together until like 11 p.m. But when yeah. this started, we we said we were cool doing our own thing every other weekend. And now it's like every weekend. So. <laughs> mm. Going to have to revisit this contract negotiation. Uh, I'm going I'm going to hold out here and demand a trade. <laughs> <laughs> Until someone can uh, properly address my concerns with the organization. I've heard Jessica from accounting. Very very attractive package. She's a major market, you know. Big big market teams. They're they're all the rage right now. I'm going to be honest. Okay, go for it. I'm sorry. I just we were talking about like holding out and trades and that kind of stuff. The funniest thing in basketball that I've seen in a little bit, which is saying something, because. Basketball, as we know, is just it's just a fucking reality show that also involves some people playing sports. No. Um uh Brian Porter, who's on the Cavs and uh, you know, has been away from the team with some personal issues. Apparently there's just been a lot of arguing going on there. Uh uh finally came back to the team and found out that his locker had been given up to a guy who just arrived in part of that like four team trade. Mm. Uh, Taurine Prince arrived in the Cavs and they gave him Porter's old locker <laughs> and they moved Porter's locker space to like the very end amongst like the uh, like the practice, like their version of practice squad oh. guys, like the end, <laughs> end of bench players. And yeah, he, the two way, yeah, when, when he when he found that out, he like threw an absolute fit and was just like taking people's food and throwing it in the locker room. It's <laughs> just so funny. I always maintain that the NBA is literally WWE, but with like real sports. Yeah. Like, they they do all the shit that the WWE does, but then they actually play like a competitive game of basketball after I... after all the drama. Now, see, I would be surprised by that. I would be surprised with this NBA player doing something that an 18-year-old would do in a high school gym locker room. But then I remember that NBA players are 19. So, yeah, you know, okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that happening. Kyrie Irving, you know, doing his normal Kyrie shit and being like, I'm not going to play for the Nets anymore. Uh, playing on a team with KD isn't good enough for me. And then they acquire Harden, and he immediately just started working out. <laughs> He's like, I gotta get back in shape. I- <laughs> Speaking of, that's my favorite meme is um, the picture. The last game James Harden had on the Rockets, he was warming up in rather like unflattering loose clothes, and he just looked 
oh yeah got rotund like, no, he, he he looked, looked like a different person yeah everyone was like holy shit and like of course it's like a combination of angles clothing and yeah sure maybe he put on a little weight because he wasn't working out that hard and then his first game with the nets someone captured like you know the per- the opposite where it's like really flattering angle and like tight clothing and everything like that and he just looks like shredded and everyone's just like these these pictures were taken two days apart. Like James Harden <laughs> went through a full body transformation, or he was like wearing a fat suit during the, the end of his Rockets. No, tenure. he was he was just in the middle of his bulking phase, and then he yeah. started cutting. He started cutting the minute that that trade went through, and after two days, that's the results. Why don't, yeah, so that's another fun no. one. That, that people... was the threat he was making to the Rockets. He was just like eating <laughs> eating a whole baguette. He's like, if you don't trade me, I will just keep bulking, guys. Yeah, I will be 300 pounds before <laughs> yeah. you know it. And then by the time... I'll still be decent. Yeah, and by the time you get to actually trade me, then I will start cutting and... <laughs> And I will destroy the NBA. Yeah, I will be a nuclear bomb with so much potential energy built up. Why does the biggest NBA player not just eat all the other ones? Taco Fall. Taco Fall had a uh, had a three the other night. Ooh. Uh, he, Ooh. he banked it in off the glass. <laughs> <laughs> From and it wasn't like it was, it was not intentional. It was a very ugly. Shot. I mean, if you ever seen someone like he's seven foot five, uh, at least he's better proportioned than a lot of the players that are that height in the NBA. But not not a man built for shooting threes. And yeah, he just pulls up, drills it. The announcers just are in utter disbelief. Like, glad banks open, banks open for Taco Fall, and like you know that the stadium would have just fucking exploded if there was actually fans there. So that was a little bit sad, but yeah. Taco Fall made a three in his career before Ben Simmons did. (laughs) (laughs) A point guard for the Philadelphia 76ers who took, what, three seasons, I think, to make a three? I thought he made a uh, three towards the end of last season. Yeah, he's made a three before, but Ben Simmons came into the league before Taco Fall. I think Ben Simmons oh, made his first okay. three in his in his I, third or fourth season. I thought where you he meant was just playing. like on the Gregorian calendar. You mean no, no, not in terms of their playing careers. Got yeah, it. Taco Fall is in his second season. He is a seven foot five center God. who is probably the fourteenth person off of the like Celtic on the Celtics lineup. Like barely ever get any playing time. Only in garbage time. They just know and, that uh, they can't. They can't cut him. Because then the oh, fan base will burn down the Celtics. There's no reason to cut him. He's a fan favorite. I don't, um, I don't have a And then, yeah, of- he, he hit a three in the very beginning of his second season. Ben Simmons, all-pro point guard who came into the league as the number one overall pick. Uh, or, you know... Didn't, didn't, Still a good player. He's a good. He's a good player. Good player, but yeah. <laughs> can't can't shoot. <laughs> he's a literal point guard. <laughs> he's, it's it's un- unprecedented. Uh, yeah, and I think he had now uh, Taco Falls the same amount of threes as Shaq did for his entire career. Oh damn! <laughs> so there you go. And Shaq, the one that Shaq made was a bank as well. Huh. So <laughs> both Taco Fall and Shaq both. Uh, <laughs> Similar career trajectory. I'm sorry. Are you? Yeah. I'm sorry. Literally I'm the opposite built player. <laughs> Shaq made a singular three in his entire career. 
Yeah. Christ. I huh. don't think he attempt. I think he probably attempted like ten. Like why would? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's there's no reason for why such would a he physically ever? dominant player? Yeah. Uh, to ever spot up on the three point line, especially in the old era of basketball, like four out, one in, sometimes three out, two in, like. There, there was no five-out bullshit that, you know, is like modern NBA style, like what the Bucks use, where Brooke Lopez just posts up in the corner, even though he's <laughs> seven foot flat and a, a true center. Yeah, that's uh, that that was that was not ex- non-existent back in the day, although Shaq made his with the magic. So that was definitely early in his career. Oh. So, yeah, maybe this is it for Taco. Huh. Taco's days as a fucking three-point sniper. I, I mean, ta- Taco is very close to being able to just stand on the three-point line and set the bat the ball into the basket from there. <laughs> and just reach over, stand on his tippy toes, and drop it yeah. in. Just space jam it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so are we saying if Taco gets one more three, he is a quantifiably better player than Shaq? Yeah, All right, I think yeah. it'd be confirmed. Right. Shaq, Shaq was not a good basketball player. It's just Shaq was a literal 4x4 four four pickup truck that was somehow <laughs> allowed onto the basketball court. Yeah. The refs did the Airbud thing. There's no at the rule, rule that says a, a V8 engine vehicle <laughs> is not allowed to play basketball. All right, you hear that, Shaq? Andrew calling you out. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the same thing with Taco Fall, though. He was not a good basketball player he they there is just no rule against someone who is half giraffe <laughs> playing in the nba dude is fucking just and he's pretty proportional honestly yeah. like i said it before but like if you look at pictures of taco fall and compare him to people like uh uh minute bowl and some of the other like giants who have played in the league honestly like he he definitely looks just like a really tall normal normally proportioned person who has like long legs and like a long neck right like it's it's kind of it's interesting i in the course of you giving taco falls bio i realized i don't i don't have a door frame in my apartment taller than i think like seven foot two he literally could not live here no this this man's probably living in hell (laughs) it's a common thing yeah with NBA players, like a lot of what the NBA does is they have to do, yeah, like custom beds, mm-hmm. uh, like all obviously all sorts of custom shoes. But like, yeah, every a lot of that stuff is custom, and the NBA teams kind of take care of it because they're like, yeah, you're a freak of nature, but you're our freak of nature. <laughs> this is advantageous to us. We're gonna at least take care of you. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get you all the the custom soda cans that you can. <laughs> possibly want so that your hand doesn't just completely wrap around the can <laughs> what? drink out of bottles that wouldn't be any better that'd be worse <laughs> okay they're mm, i don't think their hands they're are... longer sure but you would be your hand would like form a fist around the bottle <laughs> wrap around twice yeah exactly <laughs> i think there's a picture of Kawhi with a soda can and Kawhi's hands are just unbelievable. Uh, here's him with the Gatorade. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Kawhi's hands are massive. Giannis's hands, unbelievable. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' hands, pretty big. Did we talk about Aaron Rodgers being a, a Jeopardy guest host? 
I don't know. We might have mentioned it, but yeah, that's kind of interesting. I mean, he won. Look at look at him shoring up uh, his post NFL career. Yeah, because Aaron Rodgers needs a post NFL career. Aaron Rodgers post NFL career is going to be sitting on the beach with his toes in the sand, just getting high as fuck every single yeah. day. I... Man's just gonna be Jimmy Buffett, but like closer friends with the guys at Barstool Sports <laughs> and way richer. Yeah. I mm, I don't know. I see him doing something weird. I see him being like vaguely in the public eye for the rest of his public life like I don't he's going to like open his own dispensary chain or something, right? Yeah. That's all NFL players though. Yeah. Mm. Even the ones that aren't famous, let alone the ones that have made like 400 million dollars over the course of their career and are widely considered one of the greatest to ever do it. Yeah. I mean, he is also already a partial owner of the Bucks. Like, yeah, he's he's got a lot of shit going on for him already. Like, after he's done playing, because he's not he's worth over half a mil then, or half a bill. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't know like what percentage stake he owns in the Bucks. No, they're saying his net worth is around 120 million. Mm. Yeah. Wait, did anybody the... interview him about the player strike then? The player strike? The Bucks, like when they refused to play that game in the playoffs? Did anybody talk to Rodgers oh, about the that? the Wildcat strike? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Huh. I don't remember. Probably not. I mean, he's he's like a minority minority. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Like he, he he's like a couple of percentage a... points, probably. Yeah. But considering NBA valuations and how they're just like exploding, then mm. that... that uh, uh, investment very well might have. Yeah, and he he also bought in before the Bucks got good, so <laughs> <laughs> probably made a decent amount off of that already. We're gonna make yeah. this a high market team. I suppose. Mm. Bringing bringing Milwaukee yeah. back. Yeah, is ah. that what's happening? Yeah, Milwaukee never really I mean, went anywhere. I think it stayed pretty much the same. I mean, like... I think that's what was promised with the Pfizer Forum and that whole, like, entertainment district. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is going to put Milwaukee back on the map. So, in mm. theory... Once people are allowed to go outside, or inside, I should say, yeah, I could do something. I, and granted, this is coming out of, like, the the era of SNL where a lot of the cast members were from, like, the Midwest, Greater Chicago area. I remember a lot of, like, late 80s like to mid-90s media making Milwaukee out to be, like, a full-on place. And now I don't know if it's a full-on place. What do you mean a full-on place? Confused. Like a... Oh, yeah, this is a city. There's, like, a American city. A, yeah, Milwaukee's That, like, everybody should know culture is happening here. And I don't and know if that... Pr- it's, like, roughly the same size as Kansas City. I'd want to see an example of where... They were like, Milwaukee, culture is happening here. Like, uh, Wayne and Garth like driving up to Milwaukee for an Alice in Chains concert. Wayne's World? Yeah. That's a, it's a movie about Aurora, Illinois. Like, how is... <laughs> I don't know how that's exactly like a defining... Uh, yeah, no, absolutely is a thing. All right. But, I don't know, maybe. Maybe Chris I mean, Farley overhyped it. Milwaukee is one of those cities that, like, has a culture, but it's not, like, incredibly distinct. You know, it's 
a lot of a lot of people do really really like Milwaukee, but it's not like you know New York, Chicago, L.A., Austin, you know those kinds of places that have like you know you're here, like that type of thing. Milwaukee's fun. I like Milwaukee, but I'm not gonna say that it's like on par with you know Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. And also, like Milwaukee is just Detroit without the highs of Detroit. <laughs> Like, Detroit back in the 50s was definitely, like, a full-on, full-on city. Yeah. Like, top, top five American cities type thing. And then it just fucking, it fell so hard that it now has become a meme. Milwaukee's just that without having been where Detroit was, so people don't make fun of it as much. uh, I think it was, like, last Thanksgiving, I watched half of the Beverly Hills Cop movie. And that opens with Detroit and showing kind of how rough Detroit is. Mm. And that movie came out nearly 40 years ago. And I don't think it's gotten better. No. Mm -mm. But I mean, it was like rough in that, you know, it was like a manufacturing capital that had bad neighborhoods and good neighborhoods and everything like that. And then, yeah, when NAFTA passed, it just single-handedly murdered an entire region. (laughs) Uh, of which Detroit was the capital of, basically. Lucas, you played Death so. Stranding. <laughs> and that's what happened. Yeah. There, what, what happens if we pass this trade legislation that will basically put just millions of Americans out of jobs without any real backup plan for how to get them new jobs and educate them on how to fucking... Live life. I mean, you know, we have social security nets and public service programs that will teach people how to migrate their skill set into other industries, right? (laughs) Huh? Yeah, totally. And the neoliberal uh, wing that is gaining traction in the Democratic Party is totally not going to uh, heighten the war on drugs and (laughs) arrest more and more people of color so that... They can just tear apart the earning potential of an entire group of people. I mean, it's not like prisons are actively campaigning to get more people in there so they can have them work for nothing and then profit, right? Like, it's not like that's a cycle that's happening and going to plague low-income communities. It's not like the First Lady of the United States is going to go on television just calling black people super predators. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and then it's not like she's going to run for president in 20 years and lose to a fucking fascist and have everyone go like, what went wrong? <laughs> uh, God damn it. I fucking hate Democrats. Life. <laughs> All right. Time for a clap sync and a migration to the wacky post roll. Seeing Andrew's little wave 
on his orange. Yeah. It like kind of like expanded and contracted. It looked like your orange icon was clapping. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Girl, can I clap that orange? No, that is <laughs> not something that I should have said. <laughs> should not have said that. Should not have said that. Yeah. What else is going on with life? Uh, I don't, I, like, not. We shouldn't be. We're not supposed to be working today because of MLK Day, but I'm kind of working today. I don't know. Maybe I have because a of MLK Day. Yeah. <laughs> the cadence of that phrase seemed like <laughs> you were gonna finish it. <laughs> But I am working today because... Well, I mean, so in part, I obviously can't get into details, but it seems like a coordinated thing is happening on our platform. And the reason it can be so coordinated and happening right now is because kids aren't in school because of MLK Day. Does that make sense? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It does make sense. So, yes. It's what he would have wanted. <laughs> That's what all the capitalists want to say, right? MLK would have wanted us to be productive and great Americans. And it's like, oh, reads one paragraph about Martin Luther King. He was pro-workers' rights and pro-union and anti-corporation and blah, 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 blah. I mean, also, like, 90% of the posts that I've seen have been white people who I know are, like, either subtly or just openly racist being like, MLK was all about, you know, being nice to white people and <laughs> and and not uh, calling for hatred and you know yeah. just being all chill. So stop it. I am. Yeah. I'm getting dangerously close to the opinion that white people just shouldn't be able to quote MLK. Yeah, they shouldn't. No. Yeah. All right. Cool. At at best, it's just evoking his image, like. In a way that is probably, like, slightly wrong. Mm-hmm. At worst, you're just literally, like, using a quote from a black leader to try to, like, get black people to just be, like, pacified and not, like, do anything about their current situation. Like, yeah, that's that. And Martin Luther King, he was all about just, like... Hanging out at your couch and, like, letting things get better. Hey, Martin Luther King got what he wanted. Why are you guys still upset? (laughs) Assassinated? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I fucking hate that shit. I I mean, like, literally every single organization posts the same, you know, quote of, like, oh, darkness can't cancel out darkness, only light can do that. You know, hate can't cancel out hate, only love can do that. Because the message there is... Guys, look, MLK said calm down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I fucking no, exactly. hate that. It was it was a post on Twitter that I saw, and I, I don't know if one of you guys liked it. That's why I saw it. But it was basically um, white people on MLK Day. And it's this picture of this like obese white man in a Celtic yep, jersey. I just, in front of, just like yeah, that. <laughs> in front of the, the MLK statue. And he's like doing his arms crossed in the same way that MLK did. Mm-hmm. And then there's just a black security guard behind him just <laughs> fucking done with his shit. He's <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, yeah. It's, uh, that, that was pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. 
That's that's the world we live in right now. Fuck. And yeah, I mean, I think that that's a, definitely a failure of the public education system because, no, they don't teach you anything about Martin Luther King's stances. No. They just teach you that he... Was a pacifist. Was pro, yeah, pro-peaceful protest and that he had a dream. Like, that's it. They don't teach you what he actually stood for. Uh, it... They spent more time covering the American Civil War and the history of the Confederacy than they did Martin Luther King's efforts to address the fallout from a lot of that shit that was still ongoing by his life. And maybe I've mentioned this before, but I'm continually surprised to find out that the Confederacy lasted for four years. (laughs) And that is what so many people have staked so much of their identity on, their culture on. I mean, there's there's more time spent in the American education system about, you know, why the Confederates, like the Confederate guys were actually pretty good guys. And, and you they know, they were just misled. Yeah, they were just fighting for their state. They loved their no, home. They weren't racists. They just <laughs> wanted freedom, just like the rest of us. And they were confused. Yeah. I mean, that's it's the it's the same thing with every literally every single white criminal right now. You know, yeah. it's just, oh, he's not a bad guy. He just needs some direction or like, wow, he was really, really misled. And like, man, he got radicalized. How sad is that? And like, this, they were no. they were duped by a charismatic leader such as, checks notes, John C. Calhoun. <laughs> yeah. Jefferson Davis. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know about that one. God damn it. John C. Calhoun was batshit insane. You? Yep. Oh, yeah. Even, look, even by the standards of the time. Look up a picture of John C. Calhoun and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Don't judge a book by its cover unless that book is John C. Calhoun. No, John, John then, C. Calhoun may, may be only second to Andrew Jackson in terms of how inbred in, and insane he looks. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the thing is like that's an old John C. Calhoun. If you look at young John C. Calhoun, he he was just a you know normal looking young white man, and then he just decided I'm going to go super villain with it. Like I I don't have much time left, so I'm just gonna fucking let this shit go. And his death mask also looks like exactly what you would expect a like super villain death mask to look like. He. Doctor Doom. Yeah. Why why does John C. Calhoun's face always look like he's pulling it back? Like yeah. stretching his face like like it's the fucking mask. Yes. When you said pulling it back, I thought you were <laughs> like throwing it in back. my head I I thought I was throwing it back. <laughs> why, does, why does John C. Calhoun's face? Always look like he's throwing it back on some hot twink or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Mm. And then I can't get that image out of my head of old man John C. Calhoun just fucking bent over on all fours throwing that shit back. (laughs) Oh no. Oh my day. My disappointment is immeasurable and my day is ruined. (laughs) (laughs) well on that note i say we wrap it up here thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the quarantine cast if you like what you heard like comment subscribe etc check us out on patreon uh instagram email voluntaryviewing at gmail.com 
Uh, we have an active blue link in the description down below if you want to help a collection of great causes. And I am at Lucas Ryder on Twitter. Follow me there for all of my writing. Good luck out there, everybody, and we will talk to you again tomorrow.